Welcome to the Team Health sponsored Beyond Clinical Medicine program, what they don't teach you in residency. Today we're going to discuss patient experience. This topic, to the frustration of some, has become a central feature of our success, a cause celebre for our stakeholders. Gone are the days when a clinician could say, it only matters what I do, the quality, not how I do it, the patient's experience. We clinicians are being measured and to an increasing degree paid based on our patient satisfaction scores. Clinicians are being hired and fired based on these scores and institutional CEOs are bonus based on the scores. So why is it such a big deal? Why does it matter so much to so many? And what are the skills? And how can a clinician develop those skills? Well, here to answer these and other questions is Rohit Upal, a physician with an MBA and a senior fellow of the Society of Hospital Medicine, but he is so much more. Rohit is the Chief Clinical Officer for Hospitalist Services in Team Health. He's an accomplished physician executive who effectively engages providers, clients, and stakeholders. Rohit, I've seen you build and grow cohesive leadership teams and enhance clinician engagement. Today, I'm interested in your take on patient experience, why it is important, and how we can do a better job of it. Rohit, thank you for joining us in this program today. Rob, it's such a pleasure to be here. This is a topic I've been working on for many years and something I'm really passionate about. I'm I'm looking forward to our conversation. As am I. I've seen your presentations and uh, your passion comes through clearly. So let's start from the beginning. Why should we be focusing on patient experience? So first, Rob, the reason is not HCAP scores. So in the introduction, you mentioned how important these scores have become. HCAP scores started to become publicly reported back in 2008. And since that time, we've seen so much attention focused on these scores. And while the scores are important, all this focus can distract us from the true value of working on and improving our communication skills. And and sometimes what I found is using the scores as the why can really drive resistance and and cynicism among our clinicians. So our clinicians chose a career in healthcare because they want to make a difference in the lives of, of their patients. So the reason for me that we ought, to, we ought to focus on improving our communication skills is that there's clear evidence that the way we communicate with patients has an immediate and lasting impact on their quality and safety outcomes. You can also think about job satisfaction. So we're all worried about uh, clinician engagement and building resilience. There's clear evidence, evidence that clinicians who improve their communication skills actually also improve their job satisfaction. And now there's emerging evidence that with that training and communication, you can similarly have a positive impact on burnout. And we're all interested in that. You can think about reputation, whether it's team health, your local hospital, or your personal reputation. We know that the way we communicate has a tremendous impact on reputation and patient loyalty. There's, there's one study that showed that 85% of patients are, con- are considering changing their positions because of communication skills. Wow. Exactly. And, and another area is professional growth. So being a physician executive myself, I, now, I know how important it has been for me as I've learned these communication skills, not just in my interactions with patients, but these skills have really 
been key to my growth professionally uh, outside of that patient-physician relationship. And then you can think about the healthcare team. So communication training has been shown to reduce hospital staff turnover. We all know uh, the shortage in, in nursing and other disciplines in the hospital has caused us all challenges, and, and we actually have some impact on that. I also talk about, as I mentor leaders and, and clinicians, I talk about personal growth. So these skills you learn to communicate with patients, you're going to use them everywhere, whether it's with family members, spouses, children, it's going to lead to personal growth. And then I, I always try to focus on, you know, the what's in it for me. Uh, and I think all these factors I mentioned are valuable to clinicians. But one that a lot of us worry about is malpractice risk. And I think we've all heard this, but I'll repeat it. Studies estimate that communication issues lead to at least 70% of malpractice claims. So, so communication skills are important. They drive results. And so many of the things that we're all looking for. Well, Rohit, uh, it's, I, I'm hearing that uh, having effective communication skills is, is critically important. We're stuck with these scores. Are the scores reflective? I know that some clinicians uh, are pretty resistant and say, well, they only got a couple of scores on me, and, and yet so much is being driven by that. And you describe a connection between this effective communication and outcome. Can you share uh, a little more about about the, the study that shows that uh, effective communication or the skills make a difference? Absolutely. So let me address your the first point that you brought up. You know, clinicians see these scores often. They frequently have questions and concerns about the scores that they're that are being shared with them. And you know, there's a lot of issues statistically with sharing scores on a frequent basis. So I don't put a lot of merit on day-to-day or week-to-week, even month-to-month changes. But certainly these scores, if you look at trends over long periods of time, are a representation of our effectiveness communicating with patients. And so I do put merit on them as a measure of how we're doing. They're not the reason that we ought to be focusing on communicating effectively with our patients. And then let me address the second piece, which is actually a a much bigger question, is that is there really a connection between effective communication and outcomes? And so I've been, I told you I've been interested in patient experience for quite a while. I've actually been a system leader for patient experience at at two different health systems. Um, And I've been certified as a trainer for three different patient experience programs. So I've been looking at this for a while, and as a scientist, I've, al- I've always been interested in the research that examines that connection between our communication skills and the outcome for our patients. And one of the things I, I find interesting is this, this doesn't get a lot of attention. It doesn't get shared a lot. I've been really impressed with the number and the quality of studies that have examined that topic. And, and the research, if you look at it, includes hundreds of studies over what I've looked at four decades. And the findings are consistent. The research clearly shows that the quality of our communication today has a lasting impact on our patients. And effective communication training can have a very broad impact. So you can look at it at a macro level. So research evidence shows that effective communication impacts patient safety in a variety of ways. So there have been meta-analyses looking at the connection between patient experience and clinical safety and effectiveness. And the results are consistent. They're consistently positive that as communication skills improve, as patient satisfaction 
scores improve, you get a corresponding improvement in quality metrics, even mortality, infection rates, medical errors, adverse events. So all of these things are very strongly correlated. And, and then I mentioned um, we've, we've been talking about HCAP scores. So if you just look at our hospitals and you look at their HCAP scores, just by looking at a hospital's HCAP score, you can uh, make a pretty good guess about their specific quality scores, readmission rates, even their cost per case or their hospital-acquired conditions, because all of those outcomes are directly correlated to scores. So if you plot hospitals by quartiles, you'll see as their HCAPs, as they go from quartile to quartile, their scores in all of those quality and safety realms also improve. So that's a macro level. And then at a micro level, there have been great studies looking at uh, things like patient adherence. So we know that the top position communicators have twice the adherence of the bottom position communicators. So their patients are twice as likely to follow the recommendations. And there have been studies that took those low performers and actually put them through communication training. And what they found is by training those clinicians on communication, they can improve the adherence rates of their patients by over 60%. So even at a micro level, you can see that. There's been studies that look at poor history-taking skills. So uh, looking at physicians with poor history-taking skills, they can show that their patients are more likely to undergo unnecessary tests or procedures. And then one of the things I've been involved with uh, for many years is patient safety and preventing sentinel events in hospitals. And any of us who have spent time examining those cases know that about two-thirds of those cases are due to ineffective communication among the healthcare team. And we know that training physicians on, or clinicians on communication not only impacts their interactions with patients, but also with their colleagues and hospital staff. And so you have an impact on patient safety. So the fact is that co compassionate and effective communication promotes healing it increases the likelihood that our patients will achieve the best possible medical outcome. Pretty impressive information. Uh, but I do have a question for you. You used the word training several times. Can communication skills really be taught? I mean, is there a nature versus nurture here? And we've all had dealings with clinicians who I, I think would be called by many people around them jerks. Can you really teach these skills? That's a great question, Rob, and it's one I hear all the time. So I've been into dozens of our hospitalist practices specifically to look at patient experience and clinician communication. And I often hear this fixed mindset of, well, this is something maybe you're born with or it's inherent. It's not necessarily a skill that you can develop. But I come from the growth mindset camp, and, and, and I've, seen, I've seen it happen, and there's research that shows us that this is absolutely a skill that can be learned. And the way I think about it is communication, uh, especially with patients, is like any medical procedure. It can be taught. It can be assessed. It can be broken down into different steps. And so just like any medical procedure, we have to go about it in a very systematic fashion. And if you think about it this way, um, you know, studies estimate that a typical clinician will have 200,000 patient interviews in their career. So it's the most common procedure that you will perform. And when you think about how, how have you learned other procedures, uh, it's no different with communication. 
you, you need help. You need someone, you need to learn about it. You need to read about it. You need to practice it. You need to have people watch you and give you feedback. And it's no different with communication skills. With one of my previous systems, I had recommended a very uh, expensive patient experience program to roll, roll out across this system. And I remember they had asked me, you know, if we're going to invest this type of money, we had to have some proof that it's going to be effective. And so we, we had taken seven positions and we put them through this program. And prior to the program, their scores were all over the place, anywhere from the first to the 90th percentile. We trained them on the program and then we did monthly observations with them where we shadowed them and continued to give them feedback based on the same training. And after that was completed, we followed them for six months and all of them reached the 99th percentile. And so I, for me personally, there's no clearer evidence that this is a learnable skill. The research is full of examples of, of, of teams, hospitals, even systems achieving similar results on a more global scale. And I've seen this within Team Health. So many of our hospitalist programs have been able to really transform the way they communicate with patients and hospital staff. And it's had such a significant impact on, on their outcomes and not just for patients, but how their team is perceived in the hospital. So gosh, there's no doubt in my mind and, uh, and from my experience, I've seen so many individuals and teams work on this and improve. It's definitely more nurture than it is nature. It sounds like it can be trained, but I first you got to overcome the resistance of the clinician who says, why do I need to care? Um, and you've got to show them the value of change. Now, I suppose one of the values is that they can continue to have their job. But another that you had mentioned is that it makes their job easier. Can you talk to us about overcoming the resistance and how you do that? I'd be happy to, Rob. So as, as, as leaders, we're always focusing on change management and, and, and overcoming resistance. And that, that's always a challenge. And I, and I find that with patient experience, uh, that, that can be heightened among our clinicians. And a lot of that is, is again, because we have, we've shown them these scores and told them this is the why behind it. And, and, and I don't think that always serves us in the best way. So I think first we have to start with a very powerful why. Uh, this is about doing the right thing. It's about making a difference and making sure that our patients have the best possible outcomes. And we have to talk about what's in it for them. So better work satisfaction, less burnout, personal and professional development. Uh, we have to find the, the things that are motivational for them. Second, similarly, we, ha we do have to be very sensitive to the busyness, uh, the stress, and, and the constant change that our clinicians experience. So we have to emphasize when... When we're teaching these skills, it's not about spending more time with patients because, you know, honestly, our clinicians don't have more time. In fact, if, if they become effective with these communication skills, it will save them time. And there are studies that demonstrate this. So we have to teach our clinicians the key components of effective communica communication, and we have to emphasize that it doesn't take more time. Uh, and overcoming resistance, I think, is, Part of this is also using adult learning principles. So we have to help them identify their own frustrations as a way of identifying those gaps between the way things are and the way they would like them to be. And then these skills will help them close that gap. And then finally, as leaders, we have to coach. 
one of the best practices we have within team health is shadow rounding. And I think communication is one of those skills where it's very hard for people to have strong insight into what they could do better. And so even myself, I have really benefited from having people watch me and give me feedback. And so as leaders, we have to be able to, we have to be willing to invest that time to help our clinicians grow and develop. Well, great. I, and I'm a believer in shadow rounding. I do believe it makes a big difference. It allows people to hold a mirror up to themselves and see how they're doing uh, when given information by an objective, friendly observer. So let me tie this up or ask you to tie it up by, uh, again, telling us what you perceive to be the, the benefits to the individual practitioner, not the patient now, but the practitioner themselves. Well, you know, I'll start with a personal note. I can tell you when you have positive interactions with patients, uh, it makes your day so much easier. It makes it so much easier to connect with your purpose. And I think that's so important. But, you know, specifically, that, that ties to job satisfaction and burnout. We mentioned the impact it, this can have on reputation. We have a lot of physicians who want to grow into leadership. So I, I mentioned in terms of professional growth, the impact that communication training can have. You know, we, we now work in teams, and, and I think we, we all feel better when we have effective communication among our team. And so we have healthier team dynamics. That just makes our jobs easier. And then, you know, the, the risk of malpractice litigation, I think, is a big one. We know that communication skills is a very important driver of malpractice risk. And then I always tell people this, my, and my, my wife will remind people, that these skills help you at home as, as much as they do at work. So I, I think there's a lot in it for individual individuals outside of the impact they have on their patients. Well, that's, that's just great. I, I think you've answered all the questions. One, why is it important? Two, it can be taught. And three, really importantly, the what's in it for me question. Uh, Rohit, if we had time, which we don't now, I'd love to discuss the specific training with you. I've, I've seen you talk about this, and I, 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 it's, it's really very compelling. Perhaps at another time, you'd be willing to do so. This has been really terrific. Uh, would you consider coming back? Well, Rob, thank you for having me, and yes, absolutely. I'd love to come back and uh, discuss this further. Thank you. Oh, absolutely. Thank you again. Well, I hope you've enjoyed this Beyond Clinical Medicine podcast with Dr. Rohit Upal. If you have any questions about this topic or suggestions for another topic, please contact me at beyondclinicalmedicine.org. Thank you.